Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM, FM network and you are joined by Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, good morning to you. Good morning, Danuta. <laughs> Danuta, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing really well. Hey, when I was driving here this morning... Uh, straight up the road that I was driving, right at the top of it, and you looked right up, was the supermoon that we talked about yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did Amazing. you see the supermoon no, when you were driving I, I, here? I didn't get to see it. I don't know if it's because... Well, I I leave home when it's dark, oh, but I, yeah, no, okay. I, I didn't catch it. You didn't get to say... Hey, guess what? So I get up at 4.30 in the mornings, mm-hmm. do my devotion and stuff, you know, before we come here, and... So I went straight outside. I was like, oh, yeah, the supermoon is around 4.30. I read last night. It's around 4.30. But the the sad thing was it was a bit cloudy, but you could see the brightness. You could see the moon and the brightness behind it just incredibly. So, But then this morning when I was driving here, yeah, it was still really big and bright. So I'm interested if any of our listeners have actually seen the supermoon and where you are, where you've seen it. Text us in on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Let us know. But yeah, so you missed out. Next I time, did. next ones. I think at the end of this month. Okay, cool. It's yeah. not like in thirty five years or whatever it may be. You know, usually with <laughs> no. with ast- astrological phenomenon like that. That's but hey, it. you're listening hey, to the breakfast show, mm. and I've got a town to shout out this morning. Shout out Charters Towers in Queensland. Charters Towers. I've been Char- through Charters Towers. Oh, what's it like? Yeah, I've never yeah, been there. it's really cool. Like they've got these like old buildings. It's like right in the middle of all. It feels like almost nowhere, but it's a really nice town. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shout out Queensland. Shout out Charters Towers and those who are staying there. If you're in Charters Towers, give us a text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine and tell us what you're up to. Tell us what it's like to live there. Or if you've mm-hmm. been there, if you know the town, give us some insight. Coming up on today's show, we have our interview with Jennifer Skews. We're continuing our series on how the brain works. Uh, the news, in our good news, we've got interesting story about brain surgery and also a rescue story, and we're also going to Africa. And we're continuing our Bible study on Ephesians 3, where God's wisdom is revealed through the church. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have our first quiz for today. True or false? <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Before we started, I thought that's quite an interesting question. Go true on. or false? <laughs> You're going to laugh after the question, oh. not before. People don't know what's coming. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Take a breath. Deep yeah. breath. All right. Deep breath. Jesus turned water into Pepsi. True or false? If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491 <laughs> is the number to text. If you know the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win a Bible, which will give you all the information That's as it. to whether this is true <laughs> or false. We're giving away this amazing leather King James Bible with Mark Finley Study Helps. It is big. It's a nice that good Bible that you can do, you know, your study in. Not Absolutely. only can you study the word for yourself, but you can give Bible studies through as well. But again, that question was, 
True or false, Jesus turned water into Pepsi. 0491-064-669. Did you almost give the right answer there? No, I said said, true or false, Jesus turned water into Pepsi. I know, but I wondered if it was going to flow off. Well, (laughs) I would either have to say true or false. You know, I'd have to pick a side. But, you know, I'm not yet. I'm neutral in this conversation. Hey, true or false, Jesus turned water into Pepsi. 0491-064-669. If you're playing for the prize, this week, these are guys. These are easy points. You need to you need to get in right now. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Danuta, how yes. are you this morning? In terms of you know, what are we looking at? Positively yeah. different news. Oh, look, there's some fascinating news. This this story that that's come out of the UK about a woman who played the violin during having brain surgery. She had brain wow. surgery, and she's playing the violin. Like so, I've never heard anything of this, and I found this really fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, I play the violin. I haven't picked it up for, for several years, but I need, do need to pick it up again. But I, I play the violin. And so there's a lot of intricate things involved with the violin, you know, with the, with the finger work and, and, you know, I had the, the hand coordination and everything. But what I found really fascinating with this story is that, in fact, this lady, her name is Dagmar Turner, and she plays in the symphony orchestra in the Isle of Wight, which is on the southeastern part of England, of course. And uh, in 2013, she was diagnosed with a brain tumour that was actually growing, an aggressive one. And she was starting to have seizures when she was actually playing on the violin in the orchestra. So Mm. imagine having that. And so in 2019, yeah, it became quite aggressive. And in 2020, she actually... Um, she actually had the surgery. And so the fascinating thing is, is that the surgeon, I can't pronounce his name because it's really kind of a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. His last name is Ashkan. That's probably easier than his first name. But Professor Ashkan from King's College Hospital, mm-hmm. he actually did the surgery and he actually had her playing the violin so that, in fact, that could make sure that the parts of the brain that control her hand movement and coordination don't actually get damaged. That so I was, kind of, I was kind of going in my head like normally with surgery, especially neurosurgery, it's done lying down right yeah. people are out of it uh-huh. but in her case i'm kind of going okay i'm picturing like she probably would have had to be standing or sitting probably right sitting and he's having to perform it while she's playing so she would have had to actually sit really still in one spot as well i'm assuming but the thing is that yeah he would have been performing that surgery now i thought well how how would they have actually known quite where to go? So the interesting thing is, um, is that, of course, in the le- most of us have got the left brain side of the brain that is the dominant side of the brain. Mm-hmm. That is where the language and speech centre is. That is where our auditory centre is. That mm-hmm. is where we do our comprehending of things. And then in that auditory centre, there's that, a specific part that is even more about music as well. Mm-hmm. But but also the thing is, in this case, it was having to make sure that it was the, the hand coordination that wasn't affected as well as, I guess, her knowledge of, of music, right? Mm. Okay. And so the thing is that uh, they actually mapped out beforehand. So they would have had to probably, I'm assuming from my speech pathology days I'm going back to when we did like what's called barium swallows where mm. you'd actually give Colored barium, so it actually shows up on an X-ray. When somebody's swallowing, you could actually see what was happening with their swallow and where that's going. So I'm assuming they did something similar 
similar that, to that kind of thing, some kind of something into the brain where they could actually see and map it out beforehand which parts specifically it's happening in so that when they're actually cutting out the tumour, it's actually not affecting any of those parts. Wow. So they would have knew. And I just found this really, really fascinating. Yeah, of course. Don't you? And I just, because I know you love music too. Yeah. There was a story that came out a couple of years ago of a similar thing that happened, but the guy was playing guitar and there was photos from that you know, them cutting it out. And he's like laying on his back a little bit upright the, and, and playing, which is perfectly normal. I mean, when I started learning guitar, I used to lay in bed and just like for an hour before I go to sleep, just practice my chord changes, oh, wow. like hey. laying on my back with my guitar on top of me, just play like C, G, D, E minor, it, yeah, it, like going yeah, through all yeah. of them. Uh, but for the violin, I could imagine that she would have needed yeah. to be to be upright, upright. with a with a good posture and whatnot. And but they're they're really taking stock, and they're like, oh, I think that's amazing, 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 isn't it? And so she went back within a few weeks back into the symphony orchestra to keep playing. Wow. Uh, the only effect that she's after effects that she's having is fatigue and low sure. energy levels. The surgeons and <laughs> that generally yeah. happens when they cut things well, out of your brain. Well, that's right. But the thing is, the surgeons and research don't quite know the, the complete reason why that also then stays long term as well. But so here's the reason that this story has now surfaced now as well is because uh, they actually had a, a, a professor's convention of neurosurgeons and stuff in the last few days. And so she actually went to that. She, she caught up with this professor again now two and a half years later. And she actually got to see her surgery on, you know, replayed to her of what they exactly did to her while she had the surgery. So I just think it's fascinating. And you know where my mind went? In the Bible, we're told that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Fearfully and wonderfully made by our Creator. And Mm. the thing is, you know, all those intricate parts all work together in an amazing way. And mm. so, yeah, we have this amazing God that's created each of us intricately, know each, knows something about each of us in an amazing, amazing way. Hey, look, mm. another story. We're going quickly to Houston in Texas in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Lady has spent three days crawling in storm drains trying to rescue puppies because uh, three of them sort of uh, escaped into the storm into the storm drains, and she likes to go and rescue puppies. She's found two, but she said that she will keep on going and f- trying to find this one particular puppy that they cannot find. And they've actually found what they've, they've got, like the, the, the area, the councils and that have all uh, got on board. They've unlocked the drains for her. They've moved manhole covers for her. So the city of mm. Houston's actually been really supportive to her. Um, there was a bit of lack of action on the county or an a- ASPCA, which is like our RSPCA, where all, often it gets swamped with phone calls. Mm. And so she's part of that. And so the exciting, she's a five foot tall lady, but she actually goes into these drains. She doesn't care about all the cockroaches or, or the spider webs or the spiders that are in there. Now I would, I would just be fearful of that. I don't mm. know. I just would not really want to go in those spaces. Um, I've learnt to kill cockroaches over the years, but um, I don't like spiders particularly. And she she said she would just keep on going. That in the past she has never ever, you know, lost any animals that they've gone out looking for. They've always found them. And so she said that that she will keep on going till she finds this one puppy. And again, my, my mind goes to the Bible where there's, you know, Jesus actually says Jesus came and died on the cross 
for every one of us, but even if there was one of us only on this earth, he would have come for you and I, for that one, for that one. And he says that in the parable. He says that there's the parable of the lost coin where the woman sweeps her her house, you know, to, to find that one lost coin. There's also the parable of the lost sheep that basically, you know, the shepherd, which is which implies <clears throat> symbolic of Jesus, that he leaves the 99 and he goes looking for that one sheep. And I think that's beautiful because this story, this woman is going out for that one lost puppy. Mm. And uh, I just think it's a really beautiful rescue story. I know you love rescue stories. We've oh, had a few yeah, in the last few the weeks. Best. And yeah. uh, just one beautiful lost puppy, she's going to look for it. Wow, absolutely. Getting out there, looking for this puppy, finding it. And I, I think this is this is a beautiful thing when people put uh, the, the needs of others above themselves. And obviously we see that the most you know, within the character of our loving saviour who has given everything for us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Facebook. FM, positively different. Lawson, what's our next quiz question, please? Our next quiz question, what does Joel foreshadow in his book, of, mm. in the book of Joel? What does he mm-hmm. foreshadow? The destruction of the temple, A. B, the destruction of Israel. C, the rebuilding of the temple. Or D, the coming of the day of the Lord. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. What does Joel foreshadow? A, the destruction of the temple. B, the destruction of Israel, C, the rebuilding of the temple, or D, the coming of the day of the Lord. If you know the answer to that one, you'll go into the draw to win the Holy Bible, this Bible that we are wanting to give to you. It is a King James Bible with Mark Finley, study helps, like it, it's just lots of big different a nice, topics. Yes. awesome, incredible Bible that is great to read from, great to study with, great to give studies from. If you want this, 0491-064-669. Just answer questions and you will go into the draw, which will be happening on Friday, so just in a couple of days' time. But again, that question was, what does Joel foreshadow? Was it A, the destruction of the temple, B, the destruction of Israel, C, the rebuilding of the temple, or D, the coming of the day of the Lord. Oh, we got a t- text in from Suzanne who said, so did the surgeon request different songs while performing on her brain? <laughs> Lol. That's so funny. That's that, a really cool that's question. Awesome. <laughs> and I wonder how, like, I wonder what the quality was like. I wish they had a video of this so I well, could see, you know, is there a video? I'm, I'm keen to look it up myself because, you know, she saw it, but whether it's actually out on YouTube or something, I don't know, but she saw it. Yeah. But the interesting thing is I'm thinking, well, certainly one thing that happened is that when she got went back, you know, after a few weeks after the surgery, the conductor's yeah. like, why are you, why are you here? And she's like, well, you know, what are you doing here? She's like, I want to be here for rehearsals. But, you know, I'm wondering whether she may have just been playing her songs and rehearsing, <laughs> rehearsing yeah, yeah. things because, you know, they have so many songs and very detailed songs or whether he got her to play something really simply so she's not yeah, moving right. as much. Was she just in there like playing yes. like Twinkle, Twinkle, little stuff? Or was she playing like, I don't know, Paganini's 24th yeah. Caprice and double stacking and finger picking and doing all this wild stuff? That's like, it. I'd love to see But it. I'm thinking whatever she played, it wasn't anything that put the surgeon to sleep. Hey? Sure. <laughs> 
sure. He no, needs I, to stay awake. He I'm can't go to sleep. Well, wasn't a lullaby. That, if there's that much <laughs> movement, did she have some kind of cage on her head, like locking her to the bed so that she didn't move yeah, so that much? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'll hey, do some more research. We, we I'll to, bring it back tomorrow. To maybe, um, yeah, we need cool. to find out what's happening in in the surgeon's room as they're uh, as they're taking this lady's head apart and she's just playing the violin. That's it. So that's amazing. it. What have you got today in the way of news? For in us? the way of news, we're talking about Africa and. Uh, starting off talking about Africa, particularly uh, Nigeria this morning. Well, in the Women's World Cup, which is currently running in Australia, Australia has yes. you know passed its group stage, uh, qualifying first in its group stage, and Nigeria got through as well. The other That's day, that's right. So Nigeria was in Australia's group stage. It was the only game that Australia has dropped so far or lost has been to Nigeria, which has been which is quite an upset. Nigeria is playing really well at the moment, but mm. despite Nigeria playing well it's highlighted for for me because i saw nigeria's name and i was like wow what's going on there stories have been coming out of nigeria pretty much all year about the violence that is happening there as a result of terrorism so far in nigeria and actually in in the group of what we would call West Africa, which is 15 nations in that area, there has been a total of 1,800 terrorist attacks. 1,800? Yeah, 1,800 terrorist attacks just in the first half of 2023. Wow. And recording upwards in over 7,000 deaths. Uh, Now, now it's been quite an awful situation taking place in one of the real hotbeds of violence, uh, particularly... from terrorism and against Christians has been Nigeria, where this is a statistic that was up to uh, April, so not even up to our point right now, in but up to April months. in the first four months. So in in the first six months, has been eight hundred uh, eighteen hundred terrorist attacks. Mm-hmm. But in terms of deaths, the most accurate statistic I could find was just in the first one hundred days of twenty twenty three alone, there was one thousand Christians who died as a result of terrorism attacks in Nigeria. So let us know why is it particularly the Christians that are being targeted. Well, because the terrorist organization that is operating there is one called Boko Haram, which is Mm. a... It is an Islamic terrorist group that has been kind of participating in an upright... in in an up... uh, you know, an uproar and in a rebellion against the government since 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, They have been... and, and it's been you know... Uh, estimated that during that time there has been 50,000 Christians killed since 2009 in Nigeria. So we're seeing a a massive human rights crisis taking place there. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are dying as a result of these terrorist attacks. You know, we've been covering what's been taking place in India over the last couple of months. And, you know, you look at the numbers from India, 60,000 people have been displaced, but only a couple hundred people have died in the mass violence that's going on there against Christians from, you know, against the Kuki tribe, Christians from Mm. the Miti tribe. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that about India. Yeah, Yeah, but... And despite, and it's just, it's interesting because we're looking at, you know, Nigeria's participation in the Women's World Cup, India's participation mm. in the Cricket World Cup that will be coming up mm-hmm. in October. And no one is really calling for this to stop. Now, you could say it's, it's interesting when we look at these situations, it's like, oh, well, this isn't being perpetrated or participated in by the government. But up until this point, there has been lots of, scrutiny against the government of Nigeria because these, uh, this terrorist organization hasn't been 
apprehended or quashed or squashed, and it has led to a number of accusations against the government that they're potentially, you know, Islamic sympathizing and sympathizing with Boko Haram. That being said, there has been recently, with some new leadership coming into Nigeria, there has been even uh, bishops in the Church of Nigeria, in the Christian Church of Nigeria, who have been standing up and saying that the, the government does not have an Islamic agenda. They're trying to stand against the terrorism and the violence that is taking place there. Uh, you know, and these bishops, particularly there's one bishop that has been outspoken about this, is Matthew Cooker. Now, he previously hit out against the government a number of times as to the lack of response to the violence that was happening against mm. Christians, but is now, you know, doing interviews with international sources, assuring that, hey, no, this this government that is currently in and the leaders that are currently in, they're trying to do everything that they can to stand against Boko Haram and to stand against terrorism and violence against Christians, which is good news. It's great news. It's a little bit of a contrast in, like, although more people are dying in Nigeria, it's definitely a contrast to what's happening in India where it seems as though yeah. uh, President Modi is just ignoring it ignoring it ignoring a massive human rights crisis and not talking about it and you know touring the world and people celebrating him despite just like awful things happening to his own citizens and it not being addressed yes so is this bishop saying yes the government's helping but is he indicating are they indicating how they're helping in any kind of way well this is the thing it's Despite the government trying to help, Nigeria is one of the most ungoverned countries in the world. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, it means that this scale of violence is very hard to quell. You know, they don't have a huge military. Like, if this kind of thing was to break out in the United States, and we saw rioting and protesting and Peace. whatnot breaking out over the last <laughs> couple of years, yeah. you know, the, gov- the the army and the rangers and all that stuff, the Coast Guard was able to be mobilized and to go into these areas and to, you know, quash them with a level of violence that wasn't even a full, like it would be tear gas and rubber bullets rather than, you know, like what is maybe needed in this situation yeah. where it need there's a real violent conflict stirring up that needs to be neutralized but and with the, the number that are being killed that i mean just overall it's just like so massive it's so massive it is it is a huge story and it's it's cool like at the moment it's like oh the women's world cup nigeria is doing so well and potentially this is a hopeful story for them that oh despite all this violence there can be some success from their women's soccer team. But at the same time, it does make the gears turn. It's like, okay, we can call on Nigeria to come and participate in mm. in women's soccer and, and have a good time. But for the country itself that is having this massive struggle against mm. terrorism there is, is in desperate need to quell it and is wanting to quell it as well, how can maybe outside players step in? Again, I, I, you know, I'm not calling for another Iraq or whatnot for America to invade, but rather for foreign aid to be given. And, and I'm sure, you know, that it's already operating in Nigeria, but as the situation continues to escalate, as people continue to die, it's like, what what can happen there? And hey, have you if you've got any thoughts, 0491-064-669 is our number. Text us. Let us know, how should we respond to this level of violence? And, you know, is it good to just brush it over and say, hey, mm. let's just focus on the Women's World Cup? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lawson, what's our next question for our quiz today? Thou art my hiding place and my blank, I hope in thy word. 
0491-064-669. If you know what that blank is, it's from Psalm 119 and verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my blank. I hope in thy word. 0491-064-669. Of course, our prize for this week, the amazing KJV Bible, which we are wanting to give you for free if you win the draw with Mark Finley Study Helps. And it's just... It's just a fantastic Bible. It's the Word of God. You'll be blessed by it, or you could bless someone else with it as well. 0491-064-669. Again, that clue one more time. Thou art my hiding place and my blank. I hope in thy word. 0491-064-669. And moving on into our interview today, we've got Genesis, Jennifer Skews. Hello, Jennifer. You're on the phone. Have we got you? Hello. Hello, Jennifer. Good to hear your voice again. Good to have you. Uh, it's good back. to be back. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, we're excited. We love what your series you're doing on the brain and how it works. And last mm. time you spoke to us about how it was programmed into the five senses, or is it like a round video? And I loved what you actually said. You said, don't let our mood dictate what we do. So I'm just wondering where are we heading today with your series? Okay. Well, I think because the brain is such an amazing part of us that um, people don't realise how incredibly made they are. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. And so I thought I, I find like stories about how people's brains work and how we recover is very powerful, but also looking at the power of our thinking. So I thought we'll do a bit of work on that today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got an excellent little story or, well, it's actually a, a true story um, and it's from a little book called Healing the Broken Brain because I believe we all have broken brains. It's, uh, wear and tear, for example, is just one way um, and some people's brains are more broken than others but I believe the brain is very redeemable because it can repair itself given the right Mm. Uh, conditions. Mm. So this is sort of what we're looking at. But this was a story or um, sharing a thing about a a young lady. She was in her early 20s. She played the piano beautifully. um, But after her musical brain and most of the right half had been of her brain had been removed surgically, so that means she must have had a tumour or something. The surgeons had to remove most of her right side of the brain. Okay, mm. so her surgeons believe she would be paralysed, bedridden mm. for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but she insisted on learning to play the piano, and with determined, appropriate, and focused effort, she did it. Wow! So, yeah, so the, the surgeons were wrong just because the, they see the brain as a part of the body. It is part of the body, but the brain is so amazing that when you remove half, the other side of the brain starts to grow both sides of the brain. There you go. That's fascinating. It actually grows. Isn't that amazing? So the left side actually rewires itself so um, it becomes left and right brain in one. And the trick is to challenge the system to be able to do something. If she'd laid in bed and been the vegetable as the doctors thought and hadn't made an effort, her brain would have not developed that skill again. Okay. Any skill we have is some damage to the brain or any of it's removed, the brain can rewire it because it already knew it, whether it be speech, whether it be mobility, whether it be something like um, playing the piano or some other skill. If we put the effort in, it will rewire the whole system. 
Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Isn't that incredibly how we've been designed? It is. I just, I'm always amazed. I love reading all these stories um, because we can make a big difference. Even if our brain, we don't think it's been damaged as such or um, that we don't believe um, we've had anything physically done to it, but we need to protect the brain because when the brain has trauma, it can do damage. And when we um, like have concussion or we hit our head, which is why like people who play sports who get knocks in the head, it can cause brain damage. Mm. But mm. the good news is that you can actually do some repair work. So I encourage people to get out there. There's things online you can do called brain games. And uh, they're actually challenging the brain to do some wiring and to work smarter. So, and you, you can do this till the day you die. Your brain does not deteriorate um, unless we do damage or we give up. So, uh, I'm a never give up person. No, that's <laughs> it. That's fascinating. But Jennifer, do do we know kind of? And I guess it's all dependent on exactly what has happened or what kind of surgery somebody's made. And it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we were talking earlier about a, a lady in the UK who had a tumour removed, you know, and, and brain surgery, and she was actually playing the violin while the surgeon was working on her so that, you know, yep. the, the coordination, like you're saying, that's the right side of the brain. The left side is where the auditory comprehension, in comprehension yes. that side of, side of the brain is and everything. But, you know, in this in these sort of cases, do we, do we have an idea of how long it is and is it dependent on how much effort people do put into that? Like... You know, because yep. you've obviously got to exercise the brain really well. You um, do. But, like, if somebody's going, like, oh, I'll just put a, you know, that half-hearted effort versus, like, somebody really pushes themselves hard, where, you know, what what are the effects with that? You know, one, one does less, okay. another one does a whole lot more. As long as you're not doing so much that you're starting to stress or stress the brain, the more you do it, the quicker it happens. Okay. Okay. I have another very good example, um, and this is a, a book uh, by Norman Doidge about uh, the brain that changes itself, and he talks about neuroplasticity, how the brain grows and changes. And the more we do, if we do exercise, if we have fun, if we laugh a lot, the brain grows new cells that we can use. So that's good news, but we need to put in the effort. Um, so as I said, as long as it's not to the maximum stress. But there's another example of a man, uh, this was in America quite a few years ago now, he had a major stroke Mm -hmm. um, and he was paralysed, couldn't speak, couldn't move, was in bed. The hospital did rehab. He didn't recover. He was, they told the son to take him home. He's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life, look after him. And the son was, uh, I think he worked in the physical therapies area, but he decided he would take a year off of his work. He would spend it with his father and get his father doing things. So he would lay him on the floor and exercise his legs and rub his muscles and then he'd have him eventually standing up against a wall and pushing. And the, the father actually within a year did a full recovery. Wow. He uh, was back, he, he was actually worked at a university, back on his computer, publishing articles. And apparently it was 12 years after that event, he was out, he loved bushwalking, and he actually died of a heart attack. And he was in his 80s, apparently. And when he um, 
died, they did an autopsy and they found the nerve, because the central nervous system, which we have talked about, runs down the spine. Mm -hmm. They found that in this man's case, the central nervous system had rewired itself all the way on the outside of the dead area that the stroke had, you know, because the stroke will cause death. The entire central nervous system. Yeah, all down one side of his spine, it had regrown because the sun got him doing things. Yes, so quickly and like you say, he he just really poured himself into that and for the whole year, that's where the whole focus was. That's it. And the, wow. it was on physically and getting him to do things and obviously speech therapy and things like that. Mm. So we must never give up and we must, I believe it's good to challenge. I constantly challenge my brain to do things, new things, things yes. that, um, you know, or interests that you have. Whatever we do is very powerful. So uh, we're not just a brain, we're not just a body, we're a whole package. And health, our brain health is dependent on our physical health, as we've talked about before, on what we eat, what we do. So the more we do, the better it is. So we've seen in these extreme circumstances of, you know, people, Mm -hmm. people having all kinds of terribleness, but they've been able to overcome them through that constant stimulation yes. and movement. And the basic idea is whether you have those illnesses or those struggles or not, if if you're yes. a relatively well person and you still participate in this, you will just be better served for it and you'll stay active longer. That's essentially Absolutely. what we're looking at here. It's not like yes. it's not something where it's like, oh, there's a certain level and then we just we just stay you, you don't have to do anything if you reach that level. It's like, oh, the more you do, the better you are. We keep active, interest, do things, um, try and socialise as much as we can, you know, within a positive social environment, uh, interact with people, mm. you know, do, and even if we're retired, we can do a lot. This the interest and things and groups mm. that we can attend. If you're interested in gardening, go to a gardening group, read books, you know, do things, share it with other people, share it with your neighbours, because all of that keeps the brain active and healthy. There's so much we can do. There's um, there's a principle um, I probably – well, I know I've mentioned this before, but it was a long time ago, and a psychologist put together a – he calls it Feed Your Brain, F-E-E-D, mm-hmm. and it's an acronym for what we can do to keep the brain healthy. Mm-hmm. And so if we are doing things – if how many people have bad habits they want to change? <laughs> probably yeah. every one of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, he likened it to that, but he used that F-E-E-D acronym. And the first one, the F was pay focused attention, concentrate, focus your mind on the present moment, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a new activity, you need to focus your attention on that. Um, and you've then got to put effort in. That's the first E. So you put effort into this focused attention because we need to be living in the present with our brain in the present. And we've learned to live in the past and fear the future. So we have to do this regularly to, f- to focus the brain, to teach it to be in the present moment. So mm. pick something you want to change or want to do and practice it every day. It doesn't have to be, you know, it can just be a short time, but the more you do it. So focus your attention on what you want to do or what you want to change. Put the effort in. The second E, it becomes effortless. Because when you rewire the brain, it becomes autopilot. Yes, that makes sense, right? doesn't it, too? That, yep. Yeah, because um, it becomes so much more mm. of a natural natural activity for you, doesn't it? 
It does. You, you do it and do it. It's like anything. It becomes habitual. And so we want the good habits, we want to get rid of the old habits, or we want to put in new habits that are productive. And the D is you've got to have determination. In other Uh. words, never give up. Yeah. So this is why if you're a person who struggles to do concentrate for a long period of time, just do it a little bit at a time. Uh All right? So each day do some of it several times a day. It might be for a minute, two minutes. Keep going because you'll get it'll get longer and longer and you'll be more and more focused. So we need to focus the brain in the present and the body will follow. If we're putting in positive thoughts, the body will start to, you know, the cells will pick up, that will be, uh, our health will improve. Um, They do find if you do these things, like scientifically, it helps the brain in a way you're less likely to get things like dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, the more we use the brain, the less likely it is to deteriorate. And, and I've so, heard that, Jennifer. I love what you've brought up about, you know, even with dementia, that they say that even like particularly even, you know, as you're getting older, that you actually start learning yes. more and more new new skills. Like Thing, I, yes. I, I know somebody, for instance, that's actually learning, um, you know, writing a book or, for yes. instance, um, somebody might, might um, you know, learn a new instrument or somebody might yep. actually go, um, I'm going to learn artwork, for instance, or something else mm-hmm. like that so yes. yeah but but it applies for us at all ages doesn't it is what you're saying really yeah. absolutely don't, don't wait till you're older because and you actually got to no. keep keep that brain working in every way mm. yes and sadly there's many as we know destructive things around that uh, become a problem particularly for young people it's a difficult time with all the drugs and the alcohol and all the belief systems that are going around that become can become destructive Mm. So it's important to keep doing this. A good example of this feed principle is driving. Like when you learn to drive, yes. what's it like? Yeah. <laughs> We're all Horror story. Yeah. You've got to think of 20 <laughs> things at once and, oh, I know, it's really difficult. But then eventually, like now, you don't get in the car and go, hang on, I mustn't do this. I've got to put it, do this mm. way, that way. It becomes automatic, doesn't it? It yeah. automatic, mm. it is. Now, if you've got a bad driving habit, I know up here on the coast, they don't. A lot of people don't use their blinkers at times. Which <laughs> I think that's a problem. I <laughs> yeah, think that's where a are problem they going? Everywhere. Yeah. That's, so yeah. you have that problem, Lawson? Oh no! I mean, <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, you? I think it's everywhere. I think oh, okay. that, you know, not constantly running out into drivers who don't use their indicators. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> yeah. not you particularly. Well, okay. it, might, it might be me, but hey, uh, it's it's a it's a problem everywhere. Yeah. It is. But if you want to change that problem, you have to put effort in and this is where the feed principle particularly if it's for example big motivation you get booked for not using your blinker right mm-hmm. and you can be and so you're going to get in that car and go hang on i've got to make sure i use my blinker you know i get people to put a little note up or something so it's right in their face or on the dashboard or whatever use your blinker all right mm-hmm. so that means when you come to a corner you have to put that focused attention and effort into putting the blinker on Mm. now eventually that old habit will become effortless and you won't have to think about it you will automatically do it but Mm. you've got to be determined to keep doing it Mm, absolutely and then once it's in once it's embedded then it just becomes it's autopilot yeah it becomes effortless so amazing uh, that's fabulous yeah encourage everyone to pick something they want to do or change doesn't have to be a big thing because if you're time poor, it might be a little thing, but mm. give it a go because you're helping the brain and you're putting in something new. You're changing something. 
Absolutely, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning and how we can enable and encourage our brains to continue to work. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.